The following message was recorded at Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. More information can be found online at Bethlehem.Church. Our sermon text this morning is from the book of Luke, chapter 22, verses 39 through 46. And he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him, And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose from prayer, he came to the disciples and found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to them, Why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. This is the word of the Lord. So I want to begin with a word of introduction and address what is the same in the context of all that is new for us as Bethlehem. This is new. Today is new. This year is new. Our context is new. Bethlehem becoming one campus, one church. There's much change, much transition. But let's emphasize what is the same for our encouragement. So what is the same? Our Father and his character, his heart, his essence, his identity is still the same. He is still merciful and gracious. He is still slow to anger, supremely patient. Don't we know it? He is still abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Jesus Christ, he is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is still gentle and lowly in heart. He is still the interceding one. He's the praying one. He is still our living Savior, the Shepherd King, who will return. He is still our God. The Holy Spirit. He still lifts up the Son in our hearts. He still assures us that we belong, are wanted, and loved. Do you feel wanted? Do you feel loved? You are. You most certainly are. He still teaches us all the truth. He still is transforming us into the image of truth himself, Jesus Christ. Still the same. Has not changed. All the hope, promise, and declarations of God about God in His Word, still true. For example, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Psalm 23, still true. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of His heart to all generations, 
Psalm 33, still true. Mm. Fear not, for I'm with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 41, still true. A bruised reed, he will not break. A faintly burning wick, he will not quench. Isaiah 42, still true. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Lamentations 3, still true. He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in showing steadfast love. Micah 7, still true. Jesus said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. John 3, still true. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. John 6, still true. Jesus said, If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. John 14.3, don't we love John 14.3? Still true. For I'm sure that neither death nor life nor angels, no rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, 2023, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else, and all creation will, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans 8, still true. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. First John 3, still true. And Jesus said, surely I'm coming soon. Revelation 22, still true. Therefore, we will remain preoccupied and enthralled with the majesty and meekness of Jesus Christ, the praying one, the interceding one, and we will take heart, believing that this is going to be such a year for us as Bethlehem Baptist Church. God does not change. He is true. He is love. He is glorious. And He's for us in Christ. As we walk into what is new today, this year, our context, one campus, one church. Pray with me. So, Father, thank you. Thank you for your abounding love and Christ's steadfastness. May we honor you in Jesus' sufferings by turning from worry to trust, from anxiety to hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, a word of context around our sermon text in Luke 22. Jesus has led his disciples in the Passover meal. And then following the meal, Luke tells us that the disciples argued about who among them was the greatest. And Jesus responded to them with a calm command of rebuke, softened by mercy. 
Now, he had brought strong, very strong rebuke to the Pharisees before. And if there was ever a time to do that with the disciples, I would think, this is it. But Jesus is rich in mercy. Jesus is great in mercy. Jesus is tender in mercy. He is generous with his own mercy. He said, I am gentle and lowly in heart. Matthew 11. In Dane Ortland's book, Gentle and Lowly, the book that Kinney held up, he reminds us that, quote, God's forgiving, redeeming, restoring touch reaches down into the darkest crevices of our souls, those places where we are most ashamed, most defeated. More than this, those crevices of sin are themselves the places where Christ loves us the most. His heart willingly goes there. His heart is most strongly drawn there. He knows us to the uttermost. He saves us to the uttermost because his heart is drawn out to us to the uttermost. We cannot sin our way out of his tender care. We would say to the Apostle Paul, you're not perfect, but you are a holy man. What drives you to live for Jesus in holiness? And he would respond, Bethlehem, this, was, this is what compels me. Jesus loves me. For the love of Christ controls us. 2 Corinthians 5.14 So may it be, yes, Jesus corrects us, but with the aroma of mercy. Isn't that the truth? Jesus then foretells Peter's denial, Peter corrected his Lord, saying he was ready to die for him, and the disciples joined Peter, saying the same. Then Jesus leads them to the garden to pray, to our sermon text. So what I'd like to do now is make two observations about Jesus in the garden. The first is found in verse 39. And he came out and went as was his custom to the Mount of Olives. It was his custom to go to the Mount of Olives, and it was his custom to pray. Luke makes sure throughout his writing that we know that Jesus prayed, and chapter 5, verse 16 captures my attention when he says he would withdraw to desolate places to pray. Luke did not say, Jesus withdrew to a desolate place to pray. He didn't say that. That would be singular. He said, rather, Jesus withdrew to desolate places to pray. Plural. It was his custom. Jesus withdrew to desolate places to be with his Father. Let's not unintentionally separate his relational union with his Father from his praying. Jesus went to be with his Father, to know him and to be known by him, to love him and to be loved by him, and to pray. It was Jesus' custom to be with his Father and to pray, and he did this often in desolate places and in the garden. Now, in the garden, Jesus was reckoning to having to face his Father's holy wrath for the first time in his eternal existence. 
And only he knew what holy wrath is, for he himself is holy. And he was also reckoning with having to face his father's turning away as Jesus became sin for us. That was the battle in the garden, which is beyond our comprehension, but not beyond our wonder and worship, and where explanation hits the ceiling, exultation soars every higher. Our Savior prayed in the garden, getting ready to face his Father's wrath for us. That's the first observation. Here's the second. Jesus obeyed his own command and his own teaching. Let's start with the command. See Jesus' command in verse 40. Jesus said, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. His word to the disciples. But Jesus obeyed his own command in verse 42. Jesus said in prayer, Father, if you are willing... Remove this cup from me. Just pause. He didn't want to face his father's wrath. He was having to press through that. Nevertheless, he says, not my will, but yours be done. He obeyed his command. He obeyed his teaching. Jesus taught his disciples to pray what we call the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6. I want to highlight two statements in that prayer where he said, Our Father, your will be done. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus prayed and fought through the temptation, verse 42, obeying his own command and his own teaching. His life was at one with his word. Perfectly so. The righteous one. The disciples slept. The soldiers came, they fled, Peter denied his Lord. Jesus prayed, the soldiers came, and John tells us he, quote, came forward. And we can be eternally grateful for those two words. Our Savior came forward. He still prays, even right now. He is the praying one. The evil one came to Jesus saying, Give me Peter. No, I have prayed for him. And friends, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the evil one has said to our Lord, Give me Bethlehem. No, I am praying for her. Even right now. The hope for Bethlehem Baptist Church in 2023 is bright and true. We do not hope in our praying. We hope in the praying one as we pray. Always in that order. We will go to be with our Father, to know Him and to be known by Him, to love Him and to be loved by Him, and to pray in the name of His beloved Son, Jesus Christ, recalling to mind all that He is and all that He has accomplished for us while in communion with Him. I have brought... Together, Matthew, Mark, and Luke's recording of Jesus in the garden and John's recording of him just leaving the garden. As best as I can see, I've put these four accounts together in the order of events 
as they happened. I want to read it to you. I'm just asking. Receive it with grateful wonder as you see the praying one. And he came out and went, as was his custom, across the Kidron Valley to the Mount of Olives, to a place, a garden called Gethsemane, and the disciples followed him. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. Pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little farther, about a stone's throw, he knelt down. He fell on the ground. He fell on his face and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet, not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, saying the same words. He said, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed for the third time saying the same words again, and there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling to the ground. And he came the third time and found them sleeping for sorrow, and he said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. So Judas, having procured a a band of soldiers and some officers from the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that would happen to him, came forward. And said to them, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to them, I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When Jesus said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. So that, by grace, we could trust in him for the forgiveness of our sins, repent, and be at peace with God, and that we may pray on January 1st, 2023, knowing that we are heard. There's a direct connection between the garden and this moment. Our master prayed. He did not go to sleep. 
Now, what might Jesus say to us in light of these things? Perhaps this. I did not sleep. I prayed. And as my servant John recorded, I came forward for you, Bethlehem. Listen to me. I still pray. I intercede for you. Therefore, abide in my love and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Keep believing that I love you as you pray. Keep yielding to my gentleness and tenderness as you pray. Keep consenting to my steadfast trustworthiness as you pray. I prayed and then I came forward on my own accord. For no one takes my life from me. I laid it down and I took it up. That in me, God has become your Father. That in me, you may pray knowing that you were heard. I poured out my soul to death. I was numbered with the transgressors. I bore the sin of many. And I make intercession for the transgressors right now, even for you. I'm at the right hand of my Father. And I'm interceding right now, even for you. I've saved you, and I will save you completely, even to the end. And so I intercede for you. I want to. I want you. I love you. I will always intercede for you. I will always love you. I do not change. And so, Bethlehem, on this new day, in this new year, in this new context, this one campus, by my providence, my will, and my pleasure, do not hope in prayer, hope in me, the praying one, as you learn prayer, as you come to Father in my name. Now, what might Father say to us in light of these things? Perhaps this. This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Look upon him. My son will tell of my name to you. In the midst of the congregation, he will praise me. He will lead you in worship. I did not despise or abhor my son, the afflicted one, and though he was forsaken on the cross, his sacrifice in your place was a pleasing aroma to me. I raised him from the dead and gave him glory. Follow my son. He prays for you. He loves you. Come to me in his name and be at peace. What might the Holy Spirit say in light of these things? Perhaps this. Now, therefore, O kings, be wise, be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son. Though you have not seen him, you love him. 
Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible, filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Strengthen your love, your belief, your joy in Christ through prayer. Follow the Lamb who prays. Adore the Lamb. Kiss the Son. Pray with me, please. Father, we can pray because Jesus did. And he came forward straight to the cross, absorbing all of your wrath in our place. And we bless you and we thank you that by the Holy Spirit, our eyes are opened up to the beauty and majesty of your beloved Son. We see him. We see him by faith. And we will see his face one day. Why? Because of your sovereign grace upon us. Why do you love us? You love us because you love us. We bless you for this. Our hearts are endeared to you and to your Son. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Bethlehem Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter their content in any way without written permission from Bethlehem Baptist Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us online at Bethlehem.Church or write us at 720 13th Avenue South, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55415. Bethlehem Baptist Church, spreading a passion for the supremacy of God in all things, for the joy of all peoples, through Jesus Christ.